Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Happy Hippie Homestead Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Juba, helping you find happiness and joy on your homesteading journey. Today is Wednesday, October 26, 2022, and this is episode number 41 today. It's hard to believe October is almost over. Halloween's almost here. So I do like Halloween. I do like scary stuff. I'm going to a Halloween party this weekend. So I hope you guys get to do something fun for Halloween, even if you just dress up for possibly trick-or-treaters coming through. Like I'm not buying an elaborate outfit or by any means some kind of costume, but I'll still have fun even if I don't get any trick-or-treaters on actual Halloween. So I will say, uh, if you heard a little bit of background noise in the beginning, Harley Quinn is enjoying playing today and she wants me to play with her. So you might hear some running or squeaking in the background while I am doing this podcast, but that's okay. So today we're going to kind of go into long-term food storage. We'll talk about a little bit of everything with long-term food storage. I will say this episode kind of follows along with a lot of other things that I've done that long-term food storage kind of depends on you and what you want or need for your family. So long-term food storage, how long is long-term? <laughs> Harley's giving me kisses now. <laughs> so when I think long-term, I think anywhere for at least a year, maybe five years, 10 years, 20 plus years. Some people consider long-term the five-year mark, the 20-year mark. I think it's based on what you want and need for your food storage for your family. We're going to get into that a little bit more. So my philosophy with food storage, long-term food storage, is to have about a year on hand, which I know is a lot of food, especially if you're a family of like 12, you know, that's a ton of food. But my philosophy for me, it's just me and my cat and dog, cats and dog. My philosophy is a year because I know that if something happens, whether it's small, where I lose power for a week or two weeks, I'll be fine without the power. But I know if something bigger happens, like we saw with COVID and the store shelves being empty, if let's say there's no beans for the next six months, for whatever reason, there's some kind of bean shortage, I know that I have enough in my house to cover me until the beans come back in stock. And I also like the one-ish year mark because I have the skills to garden. I have the skills to grow a lot of my own food. I have the seeds on hand to grow a lot of my own food. So I feel pretty confident in my abilities if it looks like it's going to be a long-term issue. After about six months or whatever, I feel pretty confident that I can ramp up my food growing capabilities. And I also know I have a really strong local market and economy right by my house. So I know that I can maybe work with them and barter. I can be creative, I guess is what I'm saying. So to me, I don't personally want to have more than one year on hand because I, for me personally, I don't see where it's the best use of my time and of my space in my house. I've got an 800 square foot house, which I've mentioned many, many times. So if I were storing 20 years of food in this 800 square foot house, it would be really hard to do. 
Now, will I say that I've got exactly one year of everything stored up in my house? Definitely not. I definitely don't have like a year's worth of fresh produce put away. So I am going to the store to buy a lot of fresh produce, but I definitely have a year or more worth of rice and beans and some of the other bigger things that I can store longer term pretty easy. When I was eating a lot of pasta, I totally had tons of pasta, but I don't eat much pasta anymore. So I don't store that like I used to. So I think this all depends on you. I know of people that have tons and tons of food storage. So we'll get into some of that as well. I want you to make this decision for you and your family based on your needs though. Like, are you somebody that moves around a lot, whether it's for a job or maybe you just like moving? I think I've moved, oh, when I counted it, it was like 10 times in the last 10 years. I'm one of those people where I, I move. I don't kind of stay put. I'm hoping when I find my forever homestead, I will stay put long term, but we will see. So <clears throat> um, I think you definitely need to factor into Will you be moving anytime soon? Do you enjoy moving? Because maybe one year of food is way too much and you only want two or three months worth of food to kind of get you through an immediate emergency and then you'll figure it out from there. I also want you to think of how many people are in your family. That is going to affect how much food maybe you want to have. If you've got, <laughs> sorry, I keep coughing here. <coughs> Man. If you've got a family of five, one year of food is going to look way different than me, who's just one person. So that's going to affect how much food you decide you want to store. How much storage space do you actually have? You know, do you have a garage you maybe want to store something in? Do you have an extra bedroom you can store some stuff in? Do you have a big pantry? Like it's all relative to what's going on with you. So for me personally, I started off in a 1600 square foot home and we had an extra bedroom. It was basically a guest bedroom. And when I really ramped up the food storage, I bought myself one of those big wire racks from Lowe's. It cost like 300 bucks. It was not cheap, but each shelf, I think there's five shelves and each shelf can hold like 300 plus pounds. So I wasn't worried about you know, it breaking down the road. So I bought this big wire, wire rack, put it in my guest bedroom, and that's where the food storage went. Now, I did try to make it cute and buy some curtains to kind of cover up the wire rack. So I tried to make it cute because it was in my guest bedroom. I honestly wanted and was hopeful that that would fit in a closet, but the closets I had in that house already had like the white wire racks drilled into the wall and stuff. So I did not feel like undrilling all of that, like taking it out of the wall to put my big wire rack in to then when I go to resell, possibly put the white wire racks back in. I wasn't messing with that. So I just left it out. Then I moved into an 1100 square foot home and my sister moved in with me. So it had two bedrooms and both bedrooms were full. So I had to get creative with where to put all my food storage. And I actually just had it out in the open. It was, I had an open staircase. So my wire rack was under the open staircase. 
I will say right now it's back in my guest bedroom, but I do not have some kind of pretty curtain on it because I don't really care anymore. <laughs> I also don't have a guest bed. I have an air mattress I can set up for any guests I might have. But right now my guest bedroom is like my workout room slash food storage slash cat room because it's got the cat tower as well. So it's not really a guest bedroom. It's just kind of my catch-all room to fit the things that I was used to fitting somewhere else that I just don't have space for anymore. So <coughs> I say all that to say I want you to figure out where you're going to store all this because that'll help you also determine how much food you want to store. So I want you to think about storing what you actually eat. Because to me, it's a big waste of money to buy five-gallon buckets of rice if you freaking hate rice and will never eat it. I want you to buy something that you like, that it's something, it's, it's got to be something you like enough where you're going to want to eat in an emergency and you're going to want to eat through it, if that makes sense. If you never ever eat rice and you buy a 20 pound bag of rice and you leave it sitting there, eventually it's going to go bad if you never eat through it. So don't waste the food. Don't buy it because everybody else has rice and beans on hand. If you don't eat rice and beans, don't buy rice and beans. If you like Chef Boyardee, buy Chef Boyardee. But if you don't think you're going to want a year's worth of Chef Boyardee in your house, mix it up. What else do you like? Soups in a can. You can can things yourself. There are so many things you can do here. Store what you actually eat, though. And if you're not sure what it is you're eating, keep track of it. Keep track of it over a course of a month or two and you'll figure out what you're buying from the store. Is it pre-packaged, pre-made foods? If that is what you like, that's okay. Maybe you love the Kraft macaroni and cheese. I bet that will store really well on the shelf for you in your house. Maybe it won't store for 20 years, but it'll store for six months if you want to have a six-month supply. I will say if you're storing anything, whether it's rice, dried rice, dried beans, pasta, or prepackaged things, things in cans, whatever it might be, I want you to stock like the grocery store, whatever kind of pantry you have for however long of food storage. So when you buy something new at the store that goes in the back of your pantry and everything shifts up, this way you're eating the oldest items first and the newest items, because they're fresher and newer, go towards the back. <coughs> so that's a little tip there as you're eating through your pantry. I think it should be functional, your food storage. I personally don't want to have food storage for the zombie apocalypse. That's why I don't want a 20-year supply of food storage. I want enough to kind of get me through a big emergency if I need it and go from there. So how long-term you want to store your food is going to factor into how you store your food. If you only want six-ish months, you're probably okay leaving your pasta in the cardboard boxes that it comes in from the store. 
you probably don't need to dump it out into a separate container and pressure and seal it up and all these crazy things if you only want it on your shelf for three to six months. You're going to be okay in the box. But if you want to keep your pasta maybe for two, three, four, five years, it might be better off packaged in something different. Another little tip or a side note that I have here is the difference between white rice and brown rice. So brown rice has got a lot of the natural fats and oils in there. So it does not store long-term like your white rice. Your white rice can be stored for like 20 years. Your brown rice can be stored for like six-ish months. And after that, you run the risk of it going rancid on you as the oils start to just go bad. So something to think about when you're trying to factor in if you want rice, what kind of rice, how much rice, think about that. White rice stores a lot longer than the brown rice does. So if you want one year or less of food storage, you may not need to bake your dried beans from the store in the oven at a low temperature to kill off the critters and then put it in a special container and vacuum seal it and all this crazy stuff. You don't need to do that. You can if you want to. <coughs> so I want you to think, how do you want to store this? Do you want it to look really pretty? Do you not really care what it looks like and you want it to be functional? There's a lot of things to take into account here. How much money do you have to invest in this up front? So sometimes the original containers that things come in are fine to store it in. Like if you're buying Chef Boyardee, you don't need to open the can and dump it into something else. Same thing with your pasta, dried pasta. If you want it for a year or less, you don't need to dump it out into something else. You can, but you don't have to. So I will say I've seen it a bunch of different ways. So I've seen people that just leave it in the original container and don't worry about anything. I've seen some people that will take the original containers. So like the boxes, the pasta comes in and they will then put it in a big like Tupperware tote when I say Tupperware, that might be the wrong word, like a big plastic tote, like a 72 gallon, whatever it is, plastic tote. And that's where they store it. So this way it kind of prevents some of the potential critters you might have in your house from getting in there because it gets goes because the box goes into something that is sealed as well. <clears throat> so. I will say that is possibly a good idea to kind of put the container inside of a container, maybe harder to store, maybe easier to store, depending on the space in your house. That I don't think would fit well on like the storage rack that I have, the wire rack that I have. But I think those big containers would go well in an empty closet. If you've got an empty closet, you could fit one or two of those in there. You can also store your things on a shelving unit like I do. You can store it in a pantry on a, shel a shelving unit. You can buy a separate shelving unit to store your food on. Put it wherever you need to in your house. You can also factor in, like, do you want all of this to be in a temperature controlled room? Maybe you've got <clears throat> something special. So I will say for super long-term food storage, 
the cooler you can keep that room consistently, the longer your food is going to last. But I will say if it's inside and the summer your house is 76 degrees, your food is not going to spoil on you in the few months of summer. But if you're leaving it outside in your garage and the inside of your garage gets to be over 100 degrees in the summer, your food is probably going to spoil on you a lot faster. So think about the temperature control that you have in place. I've seen people where they put special insulation in their guest bedroom and a special like thermostat with cooling capabilities and they have a whole separate temperature controlled room as their pantry. That's really cool, I think. Uh, not something I'm going to be doing in this house. I would love to live in like a tiny home. And obviously I can't store a year of food in my tiny home. So I would love a little outbuilding where it's then completely temperature controlled on its own thermostat, its own thermometer. And I can control that better and it's nothing but my food storage there. So that's an idea too. If you want to convert a small storage shed or something into your food storage. So there is a finite high temperature where things start to really spoil even rice and beans so that's something to think about so how you can actually store <coughs> your food i mentioned leaving it in the container or putting the container inside of a container there's some other options as well like there are some people that will use five gallon buckets Sometimes they just use five gallon buckets, the food grade five gallon buckets. There are other people that will use like a mylar bag inside of the five gallon bucket with an oxygen absorber. I think that's great for super long term storage, but for me not wanting more than a year ish of stuff on hand, I don't see a point in the mylar bags with the oxygen absorber in there. Maybe, but I haven't actually used those before. I haven't needed it. I will say I have some half gallon mason jars of beans that are like two years old and there's no oxygen absorber. There's no anything mylar bag and they're fine. So I'm not saying you never need it, but I think you need to do your research if that's something you're interested in and you know you want a longer term storage than I do. So I will walk through, for me personally, I have all of my stuff in half gallon mason jars. So half gallon mason jars can be expensive up front. A quick tip though, that I didn't realize at first is they sell these half gallon mason jars as single jars or in a six pack. And at first, all I could find were the single jars. So I was buying the single jars, which added up in price. But the six pack is a lot cheaper. And I will also say, whether you're buying single jars or six pack, sometimes at Walmart, I could find them. And that was the cheapest price I could find. But other times, they didn't have them in stock at Walmart. And I would have to go somewhere else. Like Target would have them in stock. So Target does price match. So I was able to get Walmart prices at Target to buy the half gallon mason jars. So that's something to think about too, a little bit of a hack there. So I wanna talk about why I went with half gallon mason jars 
instead of all the other options like leaving it in a container using a five gallon bucket so for me the half gallon mason jars looked really pretty it also kind of tied in with my pint jars and quart jars that i can i also liked the half gallon mason jars not just from a looks perspective but from a practical perspective because uh, with it being glass, I didn't have to, I don't have to worry about something chewing through the container like a little mouse to get to whatever it is inside my half gallon mason jar. That just doesn't happen, it's glass. I also liked the half gallon mason jars from the perspective of if I open something, whether it's beans or rice or pasta, whatever else is stored in my half gallon mason jars, if I open it, I don't have to worry about, can I finish this before it starts to go bad? Like if I've got a thing of dried beans, basically what fits in my half gallon mason jar is enough for me to pressure can. And I don't have to worry about what do I do with this open thing of dried beans compared to a five gallon bucket where once you seal it all up, whatever it is, maybe it's rice, you seal up all the rice and <clears throat> then at some point as you're eating through your pantry, you're going to open that five gallon bucket, but can you get through it fast enough without it really being closed up for it to not go bad? especially if the rice is already five years old, can you get through it without it being packaged well before it starts to go bad on you? So to me, the half gallon mason jars were more practical size to use without it going bad. It was also practical from a standpoint of it's smaller, it's lighter weight, it's easier to carry around. I can carry around a five gallon bucket full of whatever, whether it's like water or rice, but I don't really want to lug that around. A half gallon mason jar is a lot easier to go grab and bring into the kitchen and dump into whatever you're cooking with or baking with. So I love my half gallon mason jars. So I do want to walk you through what I did for my beans specifically and my rice <clears throat> and even my pasta so when i really got into the food storage i wanted long-term food storage i wanted enough food to last two people for one full year so i went down the google rabbit hole of how many pounds of rice and beans do you need to survive a whole year for two people i will say don't please don't go down that rabbit hole <clears throat> it led to a lot of like paranoia almost <laughs> with oh my god i need more food than this i need more food than that what if my family comes and then my one year supply for me and my spouse turns into a one month supply because all my family showed up and so it was a whole thing and i decided to just stock rice and beans at first and then i quickly realized that if there was an emergency where I really needed <clears throat> that year-long supply, I would be miserable if all I was eating was just rice and beans for a whole month, a whole year, whatever it might be. I will say I never did quite get to exactly a year of 
grains and beans on hand for two people. And I'm grateful I never quite got that far because we we're talking like, uh, I can't even remember the amounts. But I think for grains, like a hundred plus pounds per person, like that a lot of just grains. So I was storing a lot of pasta, a lot of rice, uh, quinoa, a little bit of everything. So I went down the rabbit hole of, do I need five gallon buckets? Do I need the Mylar bags? Do I need oxygen absorbers? And I didn't really have a plan to rotate through my pantry. I just wanted it to have in the house, sitting on the shelf forever. And as I like grow, grew and learned down this journey, that is not what I want. So I need more than rice and beans. I need flour. I need oats. I need baking soda. I need baking powder. I, you know, like I have so many more needs, like something like olive oil and apple cider vinegar. So I've definitely grown and changed my perspective on what it is that I want. And you're allowed to do that too with your long-term food storage. If you decide you want five years of a food storage and then you decide you maybe want to cut it back to one year or maybe you're at a year, you want to cut it to six months. Maybe you want to do a 30-day supply and then decide from there if you want a little bit more than that. So it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have the exact amount on hand at all times to equal what it is you want. But I will say once you build up enough, of what you're looking for, it's kind of easy to keep up with it. So if you know in a typical year, you go through 12 cans of diced tomatoes and you have 12 cans of diced tomatoes, once you use one, you replace it with another one. So if you're buying diced tomatoes from the store, you go ahead and buy another can to take place of the one you used. If you're canning your own items, you have to decide a lot of things, I think. You have to decide, are you okay with canning your tomatoes when they're in season and canning enough for one year so when it comes back around one year later, you're basically out of diced tomatoes and you can again for the year? Or do you maybe can two batches or a batch and a half? to get you through a year plus, maybe because your tomato harvest won't be as great the next year and you didn't realize, whatever it might be. So there's some things to think about when you're canning your own. So I'll talk about here what I did with my beans and rice when I was trying to focus on strictly really long-term storage. I just wanted it to sit on the shelf. I didn't really want to eat through it that fast. And all I was focused on was like, I need enough beans and grains to last two people for one full year. Didn't really care what kind of grains, you know, it was a, it was a time. Um, so what I did for my beans was I actually put them in the oven at a really low temperature. I don't remember exactly what the temperature was because I did this probably two plus years ago. So I don't remember exactly what I set the temperature to. And I think I did this with my rice as well. Put it out on a rimmed cup, like baking sheet, cookie sheet, a rimmed baking sheet. Laid them all out, spread them out nice and even. Baked them in the oven for the right amount of time for at the right temperature. 
to possibly bake out any critters that could be living in the beans, which I know is great, uh, gross to think about, but it does happen. So once it got baked for the right amount of time, I would pull it out, <clears throat> let it cool down on my oven till it was completely cool. Then I would put them into my half gallon mason jars. I would put the lid on, but not the ring. So I would just put the lid on. I bought a vacuum sealer with the proper attachment so I could vacuum seal it closed. Once it was vacuum sealed closed, I'd screw down the ring. I would take a piece of masking tape. I think I had painter's tape only available at the time. So I was using painter's tape and I would write what it is when I canned it. You know, black beans <clears throat> can 7-20-2020 and put it on the shelf. This way I knew as I was rotating through things, bringing the oldest stuff to the front, putting the newest stuff towards the back. Because sometimes, like I couldn't get my hands on a 10 pound bag of pinto beans and like my white beans, I would only be able to get a two pound bag at a time. So some of my stuff was dated like July and August and September. So that factored into when I was pulling it off the shelf and in what order. So I kind of went all out there, possibly baking out potential critters and then vacuum sealing and labeling. I do think the labeling is super important. You probably don't need to label black bean versus white bean. You could probably tell the difference between the two, but I found if I didn't label things, I started to get lazy and I didn't want to label anything and I wouldn't put dates on there or I wouldn't put, so there's some things that are hard to tell apart, like different types of flour. If you have all these different types of flour, especially if you bake gluten-free, that's kind of hard to tell apart. So I would say get in the habit of always labeling when you can. I used a label maker for a little while that did not work in my favor. Don't get me wrong, I still use my label maker for my spices. I will label the top of my spice jars and I actually have like little spice shelves. So they're staggered so I can see the lid of every jar. So the label maker is great for that, especially because a lot of the spices when I run out, I refill that same jar. So I'm not wasting the label. Basically, I'm not wasting the label is what I was trying to say. Compared to a half gallon mason jar, if I put a little label on there that says black beans, but I use the black beans, then I wash the half gallon mason jar. I won't necessarily use that exact half gallon mason jar for black beans again. It could get oats in it. It could get sugar in it. It could get flour in it later. So I do have some half gallon mason jars that are like labeled with a label maker that says black beans. And I think it has flour in it right now. So it's not my favorite way to label. I think the masking tape or duct tape or painter's tape, whatever you want to use or call it, was great to put on the lids of the label, uh, put label the lids on top. But it is kind of wasteful to use that and then just throw it away. I guess no matter how you're labeling it, it's a little wasteful. Something I did find at the store, you could buy them at Walmart, are these little labels that you stick I guess you could stick them on the lid, but I would stick them on the front of the glass and they're actually dissolvable. So sure, it wastes money, essentially, 
but as you're washing off your mason jar, <clears throat> no matter what size, as you're washing that mason jar, the lid, not the lid, sorry, the label completely dissolves, which is cool because then you're not producing waste at the end. So I thought that was pretty cool and they're not that expensive. So I do have a pack of those and I will label like my bread flour and my almond flour, my regular flour, if I've got whole wheat flour, so I'll label all that. So I will say you don't have to go all out with this if you don't want to. There are so many different ways you can make this look for you and your family. I do think everybody should have at least 30 days worth of food in their house. Even if you decide you just want to have extra beans and rice to be your 30 day supply, whatever it is, because to me, emergencies come up, emergencies happen. Maybe you lose a job and you need a two to three week window where you can just kind of get by till you find a new job. I think that two to three week window is a great time to maybe really limit your grocery shopping to save some money. And if you have a 30 day supply in your house, that's perfect. Or if for some reason we have a lot more supply shortages, like we've seen in the past recently, and you can't get your hands on something you really love or you really do like baking or cooking with, if you've got a 30 day supply of it, you can at least ride out a little bit of that supply chain issue. So there's so many different reasons to have some food storage. I think you should have food storage. I think it depends on you and your family as to what you consider to be long term. If long term right now for you is a month or three months or six months or one year, that's great. Maybe your long term is 20 years and that's what you want and you've got the space to do it and you know how you're going to do it. There's all different ways. I think there's no right or wrong way. I think you'll learn as you go with how you want to get it done. So I do think you should, when you're doing this, Monday's episode was about frugal living. So I think this applies here as well to be frugal with what you're buying. Try to get a better deal, like a six pack of half gallon mason jars instead of buying single when you can. And you should try not to waste food. So uh, things do happen. <clears throat> Critters may get into your food storage. You may forget to rotate through something and something spoils. It happens. Or maybe your half gallon mason jar falls and breaks, you know, and it ruins whatever's in there. That's okay. But when I say do not waste food, do not buy things you're not going to eat ever. It's wasting money and it's wasting food. I do want to talk about MREs real quick right here. So MREs are meals ready to eat that the military produces for people out in the field going to combat, things like that. MREs, I feel like, get this. They are meant to store for a longer period of time. They're meant to be kind of portable. They're meant to just last. And I think sometimes people automatically, when they hear long-term food storage, they think things like MREs. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's what you want. But the way I think about MREs, number one, I don't like them that much. <laughs> I've eaten a few of them, all different types, not my favorite thing to eat. 
And I know that if I had a box of MREs, I would never eat them unless it was a true crazy emergency. And if it was a true crazy emergency, I would rather have rice and beans and all the other things in my house to cook with instead of eating an MRE. Like I would rather eat anything than an MRE. So I want you to think about that just because it's packaged and labeled as a food cell or a shelf stable food doesn't mean you have to put it on your shelf. So this applies to more than MREs now. There's plenty of stuff out there that'll say survival kits. Here's this food you can keep on your shelf. You don't have to buy that. You can buy regular food from the store and put it on your shelf. You, I also want to talk about, I guess, the beans and rice. That was my first go-to was store beans and grains of some sort. But I will say, if you don't know how to cook with dried beans and you all of a sudden go from having zero dried beans in your house to like 200 pounds of dried beans in your house, that's going to be really hard to work through the dried beans before they do go bad eventually. For me, I found the best way to use them and work through that was to learn how to pressure can them and turn them into cans of beans. And then I actually was able to start working through the beans. So something to think about how you're going to work through the food it is you're trying to store. And you <clears throat> want it to be foods you're actually going to want to work your way through. Whatever that might be. Maybe you do eat a lot of pasta, but maybe you like the nice pasta and not the cheap elbow noodles that you can buy at Walmart, two pounds for like $3 or whatever it is. So buy yourself the nice pasta and store that on your shelf instead. It may take you longer to build up your food storage because it might be more expensive, but there's nothing wrong with that. Make it stuff that you're going to want to eat, that you're going to enjoy cooking with and working through. I wish long-term food storage was super cut and dry, where I could tell you for it to be long-term, it has to be more than five years stored in a five-gallon bucket with the mylar bags oxygen absorbers and you're done but i think it's more than that i think there's a lot to it i think a lot of it depends on what you have space for on what you want to do what kind of foods does your family actually eat i think all of that factors into your long-term food storage how many people are in your family so this can look however you want it to look. There's no right or wrong way. I mean, obviously you don't want to just buy like a bag of rice and open it and leave it out on your counter because it will go bad. Stuff will get in there. You don't want to do that. So as long as you are trying to store things the right way, and if you know you want a longer food storage, whether that's five years, 10 years, 20 years, I would look up some of the ways to really prolong the life of these items. But I will say if you want to store one year or less of your generic dried goods, you don't need to go crazy with how you're packaging this. I will say there are ways to properly can and store other types of foods but i've done a lot on canning already so i'm not going to make this about a canning about canning here at the end but store what you eat 
make the decision for you and your family as to what long-term food storage looks like, physically looks like, you know, whether it's a, sh a shelving unit, how it's being packaged, but also what does that mean? How long does that mean? How much food is that? Store it in some type of container and be frugal. Make it something that you eat. Do not waste food. Rotate through your pantry. So those are some of the basics that I have. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Happy Hippie Homestead Podcast. Please like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. And stay tuned for more amazing content.